0: Random House. A place for podcasts. Now, fade us out. Chicago's 72-win season. The perfect storm of the right era. I can't imagine
1: a team finishing a season with fewer than 10 losses. It's too improbable. The father Bill Simmons tweeted that from his 2009 book of basketball late on April 10th, the night the Warriors won their 72nd game. He posted it with a simple message. Whoops, A few nights earlier with the team at a crossroads and deciding whether to rest their stars for the playoffs or attempt to win all three remaining games and break the NBA single season wins record, Draymond Green noted, Think about the year we had. Started 24-0, haven't lost two in a row all year,
0: have had several streaks of seven plus wins in a row, yet we're still sitting here needing three in a row. That tells you how hard this is to do.
1: It's a little strange to hear Draymond be anything but 100% confident but he's saying the same thing that the rest of us are this is once in a lifetime go for it
2: i mean it's been awesome i think we were all you know i guess all meaning warriors fans and nba and sports fans in general uh, you know watching especially the last couple weeks unfold when they were really pushing for 73 because um, it looked like it it might not happen there at the end <laughs> but uh I, mean, I think it's definitely something that anyone that's into sports, whether they're a Warriors fan or not, um, can appreciate and get excited about.
1: That's Blake Dallinger from the band I The Mighty. He's going to join us in a little bit because he's there in the Bay, seeing what this Warriors team has created. As much as there's been luck involved in getting to 73, what they've created, the team, the fan base, the synergy hasn't come overnight. And a lot of the same decisions and investments have already been made in the back office without anyone ever guessing they'd live to C73. Now we're here, and the question for the Warriors is, can they monetize history? This is Name and Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Strauss. It's time to bring out my co-host, Brandon Karody of Navigate. Usually when teams come to Navigate with questions like this, they go narrow and deep, they're more specific. We wanted to have a wide-ranging conversation on this first episode, because the Warriors just won, damn it. And we know they want to capitalize
0: on that. So let's take a look at the different options they might have moving forward.
1: So there's a pretty reliable checklist to assess the team's revenue opportunities. Let's start with their TV deals.
0: Yeah, so the Warriors signed their local TV deal in 2010 um, and took a, a nice uh, upfront payment, I believe, to lock in terms for at least 10 years. Currently, they're sixth in the league at $28 million a year. And I know the reset essentially has a clause that says they need to stay in that top six or seven range. Um, but they really can't control how high it necessarily is going to go because they can't open it up to outside bidding. It's just going to be probably a quick rework just to put them just over the limit to get them into the top six, and they'll have to agree to
1: that. The original had to have looked like a good deal to new owners Joe Lacob and Peter Guber when they took over in 2010.
0: Yeah, I mean, anything to get them in the top ten from a local TV revenue perspective. This was kind of the down years between the Baron Davis-era Warriors and uh, the Steph Curry Warriors that we see now, I think they just wanted the guaranteed revenue at that at that point for the next 10 to 12 years. It's much easier to plan moving forward when you know you have revenue coming in at a certain amount.
1: Definitely a good thing, but it doesn't really leave room for the team to drive revenues even higher.
0: Try again.
1: So let's talk about the stadium deal that Lakob and Goober have been working on with J.P. Morgan Chase. They just locked it in at the beginning of this year. The total naming
0: rights deal will be a nine-figure deal, but it'll probably be a fifteen to twenty, if not longer, year deal. Um, that, when broken down, will be uh, a seven to eight-figure deal. It's it's looking like it's going to be closer to the to the eight figures um, that the Brooklyn Nets are getting for the Barclays Center right now. Although right now the highest deals. In arena naming rights, at least, are all two to three tenant arenas where there's a hockey team and a basketball team sharing. So the fact that they'd only have one, if they were able to get to eight figures, would be unprecedented at this point.
1: This one isn't fully locked in, so it's a little soft, but it's still not quite what we're looking for.
0: Try again.
1: That brings us right to Brandon's day to day sponsorships and corporate partnerships.
0: Yeah. So when Lake Up and Goober bought the team. They only had one deal that was seven figures, and they may- really made a concerted effort to focus on upping that number. And within the first five or six years now of their ownership, they have it up to six seven-figure deals. The seven-figure deals will mostly be exclusive deals, so the official timekeeper or the official watch, the official... Luxury
1: car. BMW then gets to put their name on the luxury boxes at Oracle and call it the BMW Club.
0: Yeah, they want the deals to be beneficial for both sides. While keeping a definite eye on the tally of deals. So if you look at a league like MLS, typically they have two to three, seven figure partners. But if you look at where the Warriors were, at only one, clearly they were underperforming. Even the I guess the fifth highest league in North America has even two to three. So there's still potential for the Warriors to grow that number and
1: possibly even hit double digits. And we know where one of those new deals will come from now that the NBA Board of Governors has approved ad patches on jerseys. Oh, it's guaranteed seven, it's It could be eight figures, honestly. Gotta be for the Knicks and Lakers. Those are my top
0: two that I would guess, but I could definitely see the Warriors being in San Francisco and being that they just broke the record, Um, someone really shelling out and
1: going big for them. So there's an opportunity for the back office to capitalize on the sentiment of 73. Chance to be part of history. Of course there's one more lever for the team to pull, and companies like Navigate usually have nothing to do with it. These are the transactions that are direct to you, the fan when you cross through the turnstiles into an arena or you help Stephen Curry overtake LeBron to have the number one selling jersey. Since last year, the Warriors' first championship season, ticket prices have increased
0: 69% from about $47 up to $79. This is probably the biggest and easiest route to monetizing 73 since they'll be able to justify at least some increase in ticket prices Although, obviously, with a 69% jump from one championship season season to this year, uh, they'll be hard-pressed to raise it much more. But even a 10% increase um, could result in $6 million in additional revenue. So this would be a pretty quick and easy way to make nearly as much, if not more, than whatever the jersey patch might sell for.
1: This sounds great from the team's perspective. But we wanted to put it to the test and ask a few friends who live in the Bay Area about what they're seeing on the ground in terms of fan sentiment in the midst of already ongoing ticket price increases. First up was Blake Dallinger, a drummer for this great alternative rock band, Eye the Mighty. It's
2: it's actually always been a massive you know, they've had massive support for the Warriors, like through yeah. you know, through all their losing. It's you know they've they've always talked like you'd hear like national broadcasts come in you know and do a game here or there throughout the years, um, and you'd hear them talk about how you know like despite the losing despite the teams that weren't very good, you know these fans show up. It's one of the best, the best like arenas in the NBA like most knowledgeable fans like one of the best environments as far as energy um like people just really appreciate the game and you know and and support the team regardless which also helps make this so much more sweet you know because it's like there there have been a lot of really bad seasons um and you know to to have the complete opposite of that uh, you know over the last few years and especially this year um, it just kind of amplifies you know how how supportive the the fan base has been and of course you're going to have like people that come out of the woodwork you know they're like all right I can actually watch this team now they're really good (laughs) Um, but it's they've always had great support in the Bay
1: so Blake tells us there's long-standing support that isn't going anywhere there's a definite shift happening at the arena
2: you can buy tickets but it's you know how much do you want to spend um my my parents went to a game this year which was they had just a blast they um like they uh she got my dad a ticket for his birthday to go see the where he was i think they were playing the wizards um you know and they were sitting up in you know the upper level um and it was like I think it was like 250 bucks for their two tickets. Um, yeah. So I I mean you you can find tickets, but it's mm-hmm. how much do you want to spend, you know? And then you you hear things like the when I was reading something when they had their the last game um, against uh, Memphis when they won the 73rd, and I know the courtside seats were going for 15,000, which is just insane <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like, and you know, it's a perfect storm. I think of them like being one of the best teams ever, um, and then you have all of this money in the Bay Area because of all the, you know, the tech industry. Um, so you have people with with money that can, you know, that you know, fifteen grand for a, a ticket isn't gonna break their bank. So it makes it harder for, you know, the the, the quote-unquote average Joe fan to, to attend a game. But that's what sports bars are for, right?
1: <laughs> Fair enough. But we wanted to know how prevalent concerns are about rising ticket prices, so we asked another Bay Area resident, Nathan Slavic, of DJ Booth and Complex. You know,
3: I've heard very little negative feedback from any Warriors fans. I mean, it is truly like, unfortunately, I can't afford to bring my family to a game. That's just not going to happen. I'm not sure if that's any different than almost any other major sporting event at this point. And mm-hmm. it's certainly also true that, especially in terms of court side or lower, you know, uh, closer to the court ticket, you know, kind of what's happened all over the Bay Area is that the tech folks have kind of come in and swept all the, the common folks out, right? Um, mm-hmm. You might say that the... the Oracle Arena has been gentrified like the Mission has, like all of the actual neighbors have, um, yeah. where, you know, now the Warriors are so popular, these Google execs uh, who, you know, three years ago going to care less about the Warriors and now paying, able to pay this money to stay close, and then all the real fans are stuck up near the rafters, which I don't know, I've been to a lot of games stuck up near the rafters, and it's still a pretty fun time. I think... Regardless of where you are, the encore product is just so good right now. The excitement is so real that people are happy. Uh, you know when when the product is that good as a business, you can get away with a lot more. Um, and at the same time, I think the Warriors has done a pretty good job of reaching out to fans and keeping fans involved. I mean it's 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 mania here. It's craziness. And, you know, they're not just winning, they're winning with an enormously entertaining brand of basketball. And yeah. I think the kind of brand loyalty is so high right now. People are either willing to pay whatever, or, you know, the grumbling about being priced out of good seats and some of the other stuff is, is, is pretty muted.
1: So the feeling is there. People know that ticket prices are going up but any complaints are really being drowned out by the mania brought about by 73? Or maybe that mania is something even more long-standing and durable. You
3: know, the the Baron Davis era Mm -hmm. was actually kind of the start of this, it felt like. It felt like the start of, you know, they made that playoff run. Um, People still talk about Baron Davis' dunk on Andre Karolenko. Which I will forever argue one of the nastiest dogs I've ever seen. Um, right. But I say that I say that to say that that was the first time living here that you started to see people really excited about the Warriors, um, huh. where it felt like okay something's really moving here. They've always had their core base, but now it's becoming kind of like a pop culture thing. People are you know cliched water cooler talk. You see that dunk. You see Davis' dunk last night. Jason Richardson was playing. You see Richardson's L.U. last night. Um, And, you know, obviously there are a bunch of years in between that and this current kind of run. Um, But I think that all set the stage. Like, the Mm -hmm. people were primed to get excited. And then, you know, once the Curry-Thompson, the new ownership really locked in um, this nucleus Steve Kerr like over the last two to three years, that's when it really just hit, took off. But I think you gotta look at a few years prior to like set the stage. It isn't something that just came out of nowhere. Just give us if uh-huh. ah, you can just give us a reason to really go crazy, we're ready to go crazy. And uh, I mean Curry's been that reason, you know.
1: So the excitement's still going. The playoffs are here. And there's no denying that the Bay is still hungry for more. The team didn't start seeing sellouts, seeing 20% year over year revenue increases until they hit 67 in a championship. But it's hard to say that 73 is going to move the needle a whole lot more. All signs are pointing up, and it seems like smart money is on success for the Warriors off the court for some time to come. Even as success on the court is fragile, but has a similar outlook. If you're in the bay there's no denying the experience of a warriors game even though it'll probably cost you a little bit more next season but as the fans and team grow together there will be more business all around us when we go to oracle arena if you're from the bay let us know what conversations you've been having about the warriors in 73 thanks to our guests blake's band i the mighty is on tour with pierce the veil in june dates all across the country check them out nathan runs what's becoming known as the grantland of hip hop over at djbooth.net definitely a good read you can find us online through random house or follow us on twitter and instagram
0: at NumberPod.
1: we're live now on soundcloud itunes stitcher and google play so make it easy for yourself and click follow or subscribe thanks for the listen